scripture reading will be Matthew 4, 19. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Be seated. From Matthew chapter 4, as Jesus is calling those disciples then, those who will be the future apostles, we know where he grew up and how he grew up, so we know they knew each other. He makes a statement to them. Oh, hey, Charlie. makes a statement to them of follow me. Here's what Jewish history will tell us. Uh, you have to take this however you want to. This is not biblical. This is just Jewish history. That as a rabbi is gathering those who will disciple underneath him, that's the phrase he uses. As he welcomes them, he says, follow me. And they either trust him enough to follow him and do what he says, or they don't. Oh, in Matthew chapter 4, he begins to say to them, follow me. Now, you either have a red songbook in front of you or a brown songbook in front of you. If you have a red songbook, grab a red songbook and turn to page number 395. If you have a brown one, page 150. If you don't have one, let me encourage you to get a better seat. <laughs> now, you know what? Sometimes we use them and sometimes we put them back inside this room, just not necessarily in the exact slots they were. One of the easiest sermons to preach, one of the easiest sermons to preach is a sermon on a scriptural song. And here's why. The guy who wrote the song has already written a sermon. He's already done it. Basically, I'm just going to read this song out to you. Is that okay? Well, let's read it and let's go from there. I traveled down a lonely road and no one seemed to care. The burden of my weary back had bowed me to despair. I oft complained to Jesus how folks were treating me. Then I heard him say so tenderly, my feet were also weary upon that Calvary road. The cross became so heavy I fell beneath the load. Be faithful, weary pilgrim. The morning I can see. Just lift your cross and follow close to me. Now notice verse 2. I work so hard for Jesus, I often boast and say, I've sacrificed a lot of things to walk the narrow way. I've gave, I gave up fame and fortune. I'm worth a lot to thee. And then, then I heard him gently say to me, I left the throne of glory and counted it but loss. My, my hands were nailed in anger upon a cruel cross. But now we'll take the journey with your hand safe in mine. So lift your cross and follow close to me. Oh, Jesus, if I die upon a foreign field someday, t'would be no more than love demands, no less could I repay. No greater love hath mortal man than for a friend to die. These are the words that he gently spoke to me. If just a cup of water I place within your hands then just a cup of water is, is all that I demand. But if by death to living they can thy glory see, I'll take my cross and follow close to thee. Now it is the case that when we sing praises to God, 
we use our mouth. Matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, as we have referenced several times, you'll know, says the phrase, the fruit of our lips. Now, that could be several different things, but I think singing is included in that. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 would, uh, would have us understand that when we sing with each other in this, uh, this uh, assembly together, that we are teaching one another, that we are admonishing one another. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19 would tell us the instrument that would be used, that would be our hearts. And 1 Corinthians chapter 14 would let us know and help us further know that the things that we sing, we ought to know what we're singing. We ought to sing with the understanding. It would be very difficult just to stand up here and sing a song in Hebrew or, or Greek or, or for that for you know, Japanese or whatever we want to put and not know what those things say. And so it is with understanding that we sing unto God. And as we do that, as we look at this song, it, it sort of falls right in line with those ideas. This particular song is written from the perspective of me, or the singer, having an opportunity to speak with Jesus face-to-face, -face, just as I would with Jonathan. And the singer's going to make some statements and in this song, Jesus himself is going to make some statements. And it seems like that the singer wants Jesus to see how valuable he is to the kingdom. And it is the fact that Christ wants the singer to see how valuable he is to the kingdom. <laughs> but they're coming from it to it, they're coming about it from, from two different angles. One's from a, a worldly perspective, and, and one's from a, a godly perspective. One is from a, a can't-you-see-what-I'm-doing kind of perspective, and the other is from a can't-you-see-what-I've-done-for-you perspective. And brethren, it's, it's not until we begin to look in the won't-you-see-what-I've-done-for-you perspective that the bigger plan of God begins to unfold itself, and we see why. And how those things were done. Let's start with verse 1. In verse 1, you're going to read words like lonely and burden and weary and despair and complained. And as we read through that particular verse, it sort of pulls us down. And we think, oh, life is tough. I've traveled down that lonely road. No one seemed to care. Burden on my weary back. Man, it just bowed me. I couldn't do anything. And then I complained to Jesus. Guess what? In 2023, life is tough. First century, life is tough. I, I wish I had a better statement for you other than this. Life is tough. It, it is not for the faint of heart to live this life. Just on the earth. Now you magnify that by trying to live a life that's godly. Now not only do you have the physical problems of this world, but you have the spiritual onslaught of someone living godly in a godless world. Life's tough. And it's busy. Isn't it, moms and dads? Mm-hmm. And moms and dads to come... And more children. And ah, oh, hooray, I hope you have 1,000. I hope you have. 
It gets busy, doesn't it? Well, you know, everybody's child has a practice here and there, and we got to run this place to that thing and do this other thing, and your life is as busy as my life, and it's just busy. Does it seem like you're always running? And when you sit down, you sort of fall asleep for no reason? Oh, is that just me? Okay. Life's busy. And life is swiftly passing. You know, it was seemingly just three or four years ago when we graduated high school. Six months ago, we were married. We had little babies. They weren't 20 and 17. Now we don't... Now our, our, our school that we graduated from, the physical campus of it, pretty much doesn't exist anymore. They condemned that thing. Listen, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> they condemned that when uh, our children are long, no longer children, even though they're our children. I'm getting gray in my beard. Have you seen that? Miss Brandy just looks as pretty as ever, but I got gray all in my beard. It's because life is swiftly passing. It's here, as James would say, and then gone as a vapor. It's, it's just tough. It's just busy, and it's just passing. And we need to be realistic about those facts. Now, Here's the rebuttal in verse 1. Then I heard him say, don't miss this word. Tenderly. He's heard everything I've said in the first verse. He knows life's hard. He knows life's fast. He knows it's always passing. And in my mind's eye, when I sing this song and I get to that particular word, I see him grab that guy by the hand. And just that tender touch of the Savior begins to calm this man. And he says, life is tough. You know, I can remember, I can remember walking that way and my feet hurting. I remember that cross was so heavy on my back. My back hurt. It was, it, was, you know, it, was, it was an open sore. It hurt so bad. You know, and, and at that point, don't you feel about this big? Once he starts bringing those things into our mind, don't you feel about this big? And you think, why did I even tell him about anything that I had that was a problem in my life? The things that I have are nothing compared to what he has gone through. My feet were tired. My body was tired. The cross was heavy. Life's tough, I know. It passes quickly. It sure does. Then as that conversation goes on from Jesus' side, he says this. Be faithful. Be faithful, weary pilgrim. There's your, another adjective to go along with that man who understands the pain that we are in and, and that we experience as people and humans. Weary pilgrim. Be faithful. You're going to get through that. And then he, then he consoles us one more time because you and I may never be able to see from where we are the end of that path 
But the Savior comes back to this man and says, the morning I can see. But I can't see it, Jesus. You don't have to. I, I don't know exactly where I'm going and where this path leads. Don't worry about it. You follow what I said because I can see when the dawn breaks. I can see that morning. Just take your cross and follow. Now notice this word. Follow close to me. It's a problem when the Christian who is following after Jesus lets some space get between them. That morning he may not be able to see. Jesus may fade into that night that he can't see. And now he's on this path and where does he go? Is he still going straight? Is he going to the right? Is he going to the left? He may never know. The one he's supposed to be following has, has sort of outpaced him because he has decided to fall back a little bit. So Jesus says, the morning I can see, so you just pick up that cross and follow close. Let me make it to verse 2. Sacrifice is hard. First, life is hard. Second, sacrifice is hard. If verse 2, I don't know who wrote this song. Who wrote this song? Words by F. Stamp Hill in 1953. He may or may not know me. And whether he does or not, verse 2 is me. How about you? That's what he says. I have worked so hard for Jesus. I often boast and say, I've sacrificed a lot of things to walk the narrow way. I gave up fame and fortune. I am worth a lot to you. <laughs> worked so hard. A lot of things I gave up. I'm worth a lot. <laughs> I am worth a lot, Jesus. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I could have done in this life? <sighs> Aren't you glad, Jesus, that, that I'm right here? <laughs> There's verse 2. Here is a man, I assume, that's how I read it, who is probably talented in some ways. He's very proud of himself. And he's overselling himself to Jesus. He, a person who is desperately in need of the blood of Jesus, is overselling himself to the one who's already made sacrifice for him. You figure that guy out. Jesus, I want you to think a lot of me. Well, I, I died for you. Is that enough? Sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes we look past the fact that Jesus sees us in different ways than we see ourselves because we live in a world full of people who are famous for not really doing anything. For you, for us, sorry, for us who are in that little bit older category, who don't necessarily, well, I don't even have one, necessarily walk around like this all day. Now they're called YouTube influencers. 
What are they famous for? Well, let me tell you what I think about it. Nobody cares what you think. That there are millions and millions of followers for what? For really nothing. They have their pockets lined with cash. They have, they have the world by the tail, do they? I, I can buy anything I want, okay? You're talking about here, right? Stick that money in a casket where you see what you can buy when your eyes wake up in eternity. The world by the tail. And so Jesus, once again, looks at me, verse 2, and he, he gently says. First, he is tenderly saying. Now he is gently saying. that There's a difference between Verse 1 and verse 2, and tenderly and gently, and sometimes we see them as synonymous, but, but here's the difference. When, when, you, when he's tenderly speaking to you, he is empathizing with uh, the pain that you're having in life. When he's gently speaking to you, he's trying not to hurt yourself pride. You ever had those conversations where your pride gets hurt a little bit, gentlemen? No, Hayes, that's just you. All right. Now, when he gently speaks to me, this is what he says. You're worth a lot. Why? Because I left my throne. Matter of fact, you find that in Isaiah chapter number uh, 7 and also in chapter number 9. You'll see him in Isaiah chapter 6. Speak of the throne that he had and what it was so, the throne room was so full of. You could see everything move at the sound of his voice. You see Isaiah standing in that throne room where he makes that glorious statement, Here am I, send me. To which Jesus said, I, I, You are worth, because, uh, worth a lot because I, I left my throne. Understand this, too. When, when, when we speak about Jesus leaving his throne room, leaving eternity, coming down here and putting on a body, there are three, two or three things you need to keep in mind every time that's said. One, he's putting on a body so that he can live life just like we do, which means... Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12 would tell us he was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. And so you have a statement of, of past tense about what he did. Which tells me when he put that body on and he comes down here and he is tempted like we are, he had the choice that he could have done it. Right? Are you guys speak English? Is that right or wrong? He, he could have done it. The things that tempted him, he could have chosen to, to either do those things or not do those things. And because he could have chosen that, he leaves his throne with a very real possibility of never making it back. He leaves the throne to save me if he lives the right way. We just assume that it wasn't very difficult for him, that, that he never wanted to be like that prodigal son and just go out there and do whatever he wanted to do. Is there ever a tug of Jesus to, to say, yeah, but what, what, I don't really want to? Or is there ever that tug? Can you see him in the garden? 
<laughs> he le- I left my throne. You are valuable because my hands, my feet, my side, the head with the crown of thorns all pierced for us. We started with Isaiah 53 this morning. Uh, we could insert that entire chapter right here and spend the next hour really looking at it before we move on to we'll make the journey and really flush this thing out a little bit. He says, I've left my throne. He said, I've had everything pierced for you that I can have pierced. I gave up my life for you so that you can make a journey being Do you see this? Being escorted with with your hand safe in mind. Being escorted. Not only just following the one, but that one desperately wanting us to succeed. Jesus is not sitting up in heaven, nor is God sitting up in heaven saying, Hey, watch this. This guy's going to fall right here. These guys, the the God our Father, Christ our Lord, wants us to succeed. We'll make the journey with your hand in my hand. Now notice verse 3. Now things begin to change because with these two different conversations, the guy singing this song has truth hit him Right in the face. Oh, Jesus, if I die upon a foreign field someday, it would be no more than love demands, no less could I repay. You know what he stopped doing? He stopped talking about how difficult everything is, how hard it is for him, how my my problems are pretty big now. I don't know if you know that. He's also stopped talking about him so much. You know, Jesus, you're getting a steal with me. You know, I don't know if you know how good I am. And now he's changed his mindset and is his, uh, his side of the dialogue to this. What else can I do? Listen, he mentions a foreign field. What's he saying? If I go and I am teaching the gospel to people who don't know it, who are not like me, and they take me and string me up and kill me. It's par for the course. Matthias took the place of Judas. Those twelve who opened up the doors of the church... Fox's book of martyrs will tell you historically how they died. It ain't good. If you haven't read that, you need to read chapter number two. Here's how they died. Crucified upside down, quartered, that's pulled in four different directions by four different horses, and then have their heads cut off by a halibut. They had their bodies burned. For what? Trying to teach people what the truth is. Yeah, well, they shouldn't have been treated that way. We are missing the bigger picture. Here they are, burned to the stake, bless their heart, and they open their eyes where they're at. 
<laughs> place they've been working for their whole lives. No greater love hath mortal man than for a friend to die. Do you have one friend in this life you're willing to die for? Shake or not. Do they know the truth? Have they been obedient? Yes. Great. No. Man, get after it. Start plowing the ground. No greater love hath mortal man than for a, for a friend to die. Now notice how Jesus answers him. Once again, he answers him gently. Because what has happened with this man here is that he has, he's changed the way he's thought. And if Jesus comes in a little bit rash here, he can put out the fire that's being uh, stoked here in, in verse number 1. So he gently says to him, you know, if I just give you a cup of water, I'm not going to ask that you bring me the entire refrigerator. All I, want is a, all I want is a cup of water. You know what that tells me? You ready? Small things are important. The big things obviously are important. We say, well, we'll just let those, those little things. No, 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 no. We can't look at it and say, I'll just let the little thing. No. It's important. It's all important. There are no small things and big things. It's important. Saw a guy yesterday. In a parking lot, like a teenager, had a flat tire. And the discussion went around the vehicle, we need to stop and go back. And we did, and, and guess what? Some older guy was there helping him take his tire off. Good. Had I seen those things earlier, we'd have stopped before we got past him. It's the small things that are important. How many people we have here today? Pile this morning, right? Are y'all asleep? Yeah. So, listen, we had them here this morning. Here's what we've got to do. We've got to get them back again. Bring them back again. Don't wait until next year. Bring them back again. Why? Because their greatest need is salvation. We begin those relationships, and then our friends come to church with us. See how easy that is? Our friends come to church with us. I, I, I have had the opportunity, and Brandy and I have had the opportunity with friends here who have come with us as we're out to eat with them. They introduce us to their friends as this, these are our friends. Not the preacher and the preacher's wife, even though... That is a, uh, a distinguished honor that I have, and I'm grateful for it. But it is their friends. See, it's those little things that, that turn into big things. We live in a, in a town where water's accessible all the way around us, isn't it? You got any water for anybody? All I need is just one cup. 
We're going to be faithful toward those small things in order to receive the bigger things. Then, at the end of verse 3, everything changes. Instead of Jesus finishing out that particular part of the chorus, the singer, the, the guy, comes back around again. And he says, but, but if by death to living... Notice what he says right here, because sometimes we just sing it and it sounds beautiful and move past it. But if they'll learn more by me dying than me living. But if you'll be glorified more by me dying than me living. But if by death to living, they, those who are around us, can thy glory see. And I'll take my cross and follow close to thee. You see what happened? He started out, verse 3, in a manner to, to look at himself and say, uh, there, there's some things I need to change from verses 1 and 2. Jesus comes in to encourage him to be careful about the small things, and he says, well, then my life is a small thing compared to your glory. How many of you want to die? Then you need to obey the gospel. Everybody in this room needs to obey the gospel. Let's ask that question again and see if we can get a better grasp on it. How many of us want to die? The question then becomes, how many of you want to see the Father? Want to see Christ standing right there beside you? Oh, I want to do that, preacher. You can't do that other than dying. It's not going to happen here. The only way to do that is unfortunately to take up your death instrument. That's what the cross is. The, the cross is an old Roman device to kill mankind. You want to follow Christ? Would you like to see God? Then you're going to have to take up your device of death and give your life to God. Have you done that? I know that we don't want to answer the question, do you want to die? Let's ask it in a better way. Have you been obedient to the commandments of God in order to have God save you through Jesus' blood? If the answer is yes, then brother or sister, keep going. The answer is no, I haven't, or I don't know what those are. You need to. As we often sing, all things are ready. Come to the feast. We even have warm water and dry clothes. All you have to do is understand what truth is. Found in God's Word, Romans 10, 17, and believe that. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. All you have to do is, is change your mind, repent 
about what sin is, change from doing this to understanding those things are sinful, which is going to take you right down that path of Jesus the Christ. It's found in Luke chapter 13, verses 3 and 5. All you have to do is confess that Jesus is the Christ. Agree with him when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You all want to have a quick language study? Yes, great. The in the Greek word means the exact same thing it means in English. The one and only to the exclusion of no other. I am the one and only way to the exclusion of no other. I am the one and only truth. I am the one and only life, Jesus would say. And no man comes unto the Father but by me. If you've done those things, would you not be willing to have your sins washed away? To contact the blood of Jesus the Christ through baptism? Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 9. Do you want to keep going? It's all in there. If you've not done those things, it's time to become a member of God's family. Don't put those things off. Don't think, well, maybe I could do it tomorrow. Well, maybe you could. I hope you have a peaceful night of sleep. Hope nothing happens to you. Since you're only guaranteed now, why not do it now? Since you're not guaranteed tomorrow, why not now? Isn't your soul valuable enough? And if you have done those things, and yet you look into the mirror of Jesus the Christ, and what you see is not something that adds up. You see something that's not in, in congruency with the reflection of Jesus the Christ. Would you not come home? Are you willing to take that gamble with eternity? Come home. So easy. To a father that is longing to have you back. And to his family who is wanting to have you come back home so we can run and hug your neck and say, we're so glad. We're so happy you're back. So glad you made that choice. Choose now while we stand and while we sing. Created.